Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool center. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Back in the 1970s, there was a song called Here Comes That Rainy Day Feeling Again by The Fortunes, and it's come again. Uh, it rained this morning, it's raining tonight, it's going to rain tomorrow, it's going to rain right across the weekend. Uh, Frio good enough. After oh. two wet weather, poor performances to butter up against Hawthorne and put a decent wet weather display on show at Optus Stadium at 10 past two on Saturday afternoon. We're discussing that, we're discussing everything in AFL footy, and it's Kim Hagdorn, and I'll tell you what, people have been hanging out for you this week, Hags, because we did have a show on Monday because we called the Waffle uh-huh. uh, Big Derbies, uh, but you're, and you were missed on Monday, and here you are back on Thursday. That, Good evening they, to you. Is that because they want to get into me? No. Or they just like hearing oh, what I've got to oh, say? I reckon there's a bit of both. I reckon there's a bit of both. <laughs> okay. And of course, well, let's answer your question initially. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. It can absolutely bucket down torrential, monsoonal style on Saturday afternoon here in Perth, and Fremantle will win because I think Fremantle now is one of the best three or four or five teams in the competition, and Hawthorne's nowhere near that. Hawthorne is showing glimpses of something for their future, but uh, let's get this news out. Mitch Lewis and Jack Gunston are missing both injured from Hawthorne mm. as well. So, And the big news, um, and I think this is bigger, everyone, even Australia-wide. I, I don't, what's happened at Melbourne is appalling. Uh, it's gone on for day after day, and there's reasons for that. That if you want to discuss it, give us a yell. We'll talk about it. I think the players at at Melbourne initially didn't tell the truth. <laughs> That's why come Tuesday, come Wednesday, and into Thursday, there's more information coming out. There's no way knowing that Stephen May and Jake Melksham told the truth on Monday and Tuesday to their authorities within the club. They couldn't possibly have with the way that Melbourne initially handled mm. it. But the biggest story, and certainly in our town, maybe Australia-wide, is Nathan Fife's comeback. Now, I, I thought Fremantle and Nathan Fife and the WA football community handled it very well last weekend, Peter. I haven't been with you since uh, yeah. last Thursday, as you yeah. say. And, and we had said, I'd said the previous Monday that he, I thought he was going to play at the AFL level. And yet uh, he played at the Waffle level. And I thought it was very well presented, very well handled. I didn't think he actually overexerted himself too many times. He still showed some signs of favouring that right shoulder. You know, a couple of times he went for the ball and kept his right elbow in at his at his hip and, and left arm went out. He took some catches. He took some hits. He went to ground. He made some tackles. But there was quite a few times, and even some slightly overhead in front of your face marking where his right arm didn't go up as high. So there's some signs where Nathan isn't quite right. We've, we've known that. He knows that. But I think it's a bigger story for the, for the Australian football Aussie rules industry that yeah. Nathan Fife is back it's because back. this this heightens Fremantle's premiership potential. This heightens Fremantle's capacity to finish top four, where, which is imperative. If they finish fifth or sixth, then it's another year that they wait to see if that's their premiership year. I don't think they could win it from fifth or sixth, even though they'd get a home final. But the big story, Nathan Fife, and then the debate is, 
How do they use him? Yeah, well, he sort of came out, didn't he? Uh, when he made the prediction or when made the comment weeks and weeks ago that he'd like to return to the midfield, he's just been a spectator and he's viewed what the Fremantle midfield have done. And I think now he's resigned to the fact that he'll spend a bit of time in the forward line on Saturday. The other thing that I thought was really good to come out of that waffle game, mm-hmm. Kim, was for me and Justin Longmuir mentioned it, they were going to take him off a couple of minutes before the end of the game. So they didn't have, of course, all those people flocking to him when the final siren went. But he wanted to play because he wanted to get Peel over the line reportedly. So that's why he played until that final siren, which showed that he was pretty committed to the cause last week. Well, let me also fire a, a, a shot across West Coast Bowers as well. Fremantle are in such a strength, position of strength with the way that their summer went. We've talked about how fit they are. The youngsters are fit. Their key players are fit and they're fast. And they're lasting, they're lasting contest after contest after contest. They're lasting a defensive spread if they lose the football because they, they're fit and they're healthy. They're lasting the spread when they win the football because they surge forward. They're very fit. They're very healthy and things are going well. So they've had the positive reinforcement of a summer's program, early wins, that was available to them. But they, 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 they have such a capacity now that they are in such a position of strength that they can do and manage better, far better than West Coast. Even some of the messages that West Coast have sent with how they've handled their waffle players, it's appalling how West Coast have handled some of their waffle players. It's appalling how they've handled some of their senior players straight back into their seniors. Not fit, not healthy, not capable of contest after contest, run, surge, spread if we lose, spread if we win. West Coast key players aren't fit enough to do that. And I reckon even Fremantle thought, let's not do what... (laughs) They might have thought. Let's not do what West Coast have done and then cop the flack and cop the wrath if a player going back into the seniors straight away breaks down. Mm, mm. And West Coast have been doing it. Fremantle didn't. Mm. And they didn't do it with Fife. And they had to convince Fife, no, no, look, have one game in the waffle. And as I say, I don't reckon he overly exerted himself. He was very clean. He had what? I think he about had 24 eight, possessions in total. He only had one in the second term when he was directly tagged. He was directly tagged by Harry Marsh. He had nine in the first, and then he's had a dozen in, uh, mm. 14 or so in the last quarter. The fact they left him on, I think also reinforces that Fremantle are in a position of strength they're trying to develop a winning culture. So let's do that with our Peel team as well, whereas West Coast aren't doing that with their Waffle team. I'd like to get your thoughts on Elliot Yo's mindset at the moment. Of course, he's out for this week, rubbed out for that incident against Swan Districts in the Waffle last week. Adam Simpson was asked the question about Elliot Yo's suspension. I'd like to get your thoughts on it, Kim, after we hear this. A bit of both. Yeah, disappointed that... Um he doesn't get a chance to get another game under his belt, but mm. he, he trained really well today. We had a, we had matched him today with the whole whole uh, whole list, and, and he got through that really well. And he played a full game last week, and the week before he uh, he played a half. So you know, um, three games in the waffle level would have been maybe slightly overs, but um, we thought that's that would have been his best prep. So you know, um, one and a half to two games is um, plus a good training session. We think he's going to be right for next week. He had that confrontation uh, with Jeremy McGovern last year. He just seems like a bit of an angry person at the moment, Elliot Yo, with the way he's... Not that he's frustrated because he can't get on the park, but he had a golden opportunity last week to get ready for this, or certainly after the bye, and have another run in the waffle this week, and he just did something silly. Well, where, how do you read him? Um, I disagree with Simpson there. I mean, Simpson's in charge. It's his yeah. program. I disagree there because I think the best possible was for Elliot Yo to play last week. It's a pity he got reported. 
But for him now to be forced out of the waffle this weekend, to train up this week, he'll train again Saturday. You watch the amount of running that they put into him on Saturday somewhere or somewhere over the weekend, and he'll definitely play against Geelong the following week. And I think, I actually understand, that's the plan at West Coast. Once he was reported and they couldn't beat the charge, the charge itself I don't think was fair. It was too heavy Mm. because he was tunnelled. He responded, he retaliated, he pushed at the kid on the ground, the, the boy Clark, and the waffle ruling for that incident is more severe than the AFL. If that had been an AFL incident, he would have only got one week down to a fine with an early plea. It's two weeks in the waffle down to one. With so he couldn't plea, beat it yeah. with the early plea. So that is, that's an anomaly in itself. If the AFL and Waffle haven't got the same set of uh, match review officer or match review panel processes, then, then I, I, I challenge that, that it should be the same. Waffle and AFL, for the, especially when you've got AFL players playing. But that's a slightly lesser incident. It wasn't major. He was reported only by a boundary umpire. The field umpire didn't even take the ball off him. He still took the mark and then had the free kick once they cleared the, the little bit of congestion. It was very confusing. He didn't deserve a penalty, the offence, but it's the best for him to train and then be guaranteed to play against Geelong. His mindset, I reckon, Peter, has been one of absolute frustration. Yeah. He's had three seasons now in a row where he's hardly played he's, and his osteitis pubis was his biggest problem. He's now got calf troubles because of his groin troubles and he hasn't even been able to train up. And that's one of my big concerns for West Coast. West Coast, I picked a team, Peter. West Coast, in the next couple of weeks, according to Adam Simpson and their official injury list, We'll have all these blokes available. Nelson, Barras, Duggan, Hearn, McGovern, Foley, Gaff, Yo, Redden, Cripps, Darling, Rioli, Waterman, Kennedy, Ryan. That's your starting team. Williams, Kelly, Shuey, Nat Newey, two weeks away. Two to three at the most weeks away. Here's your, here's your interchange from Sheed, Edwards, Jamison, Rotham, Jones, O'Neill, Petrachevsky, Petrachevsky, Seaton, Petricelli. Hoff, West, Naish, Langdon, Witherden, Bazo, Clark, True. Mm. If they don't start winning some games into the next part of the season, then Adam Simpson needs to be hauled right over the coals because he's been telling us for weeks and weeks and weeks the cavalry's coming and we'll be okay in the back half. Well, they'd better be because I, I still can't see a lot of winning, winnable games with the lack of fitness right through the West Coast Eagles playing list. Okay, here's Adam Simpson on the return of 12 to 15 players uh, this week and next week. Probably 12 to 15 players playing Waffle Waffle Eagles this week, so that um, gives us a good chance to look at some of those players come back from injury. 12 to 15, you won't know yourself with so many in the Waffle competition. What about uh, the two of your star players, premiership players in Liam Ryan and Willie Rioli? Have they been ticked off to go? Yeah, yeah, they'll play some minutes. Um, You know, we've, we've got, yeah, unfortunately, we can't there's no other way to work around it. The the players that are available um, in the next few weeks have all sort of come together and they're available at the same time. So the benefit of the last few weeks is we played Yo at Waffle level, um, Petrucelli last week, Dom the last two weeks. So they'll, except for Yo, he's obviously suspended, they'll get to play another game. And, um, yeah, and then we'll throw in Willie and, and Liam and, uh, and see how they go. And hopefully they'll win a few games in the second half of the season. Well, okay. okay, well, where's the wins? Out of the bye. It's Geelong at home. No. Essendon at home. Possibly. Richmond at the MCG. No. Carlton at home. No. Hawthorne at the MCG. No. St Kilda at home. No. 
Gold Coast at Metricon. 50-50. Adelaide at home. Yes. Fremantle at home. No. Geelong at Geelong. No. Maybe a couple. They could maybe pinch a couple there, Hags. All right, uh, get on the temper of bedshed. Text line 0487 736 736. 0487 736 736. Or on the Scarborough Toyota open line uh, 131255. Let's go to Lise, who joins us to kick it off again on this Thursday afternoon. Hello, Lise. Hi, Pete. Hi, Haggers. Hi, Lisa. Um, Pete, come on. Where's all the yeses? <laughs> Too many no's in there, mate. Come on, please. Um, he's, a, he's a realist, not an optimist <laughs> like you, Lisa. <laughs> there's, there's three um, points I want to think. Um, Haggis, you must have been looking over my shoulder at my notes oh. about um, Nat Fife. Uh, I was watching um, mm-hmm. that game of Peel. And um, he, yeah, definitely you were 100% right on, on him favouring that shoulder because I, one time they were marked, he just quickly he didn't lift that arm up at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. And he kept, you know, like you said, he kept that elbow to his side. So, um, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how, how he does go. And because I doubt very much whether he's going to be able to raise his arms to mark a ball because he looks like he's, he's in still a lot of discomfort. So, anyway, um, that's on five. Um, Haggers, with the um, Eagles, like, they're not, they're not fit. Does that lie on the conditioning and strengthening coach? Absolutely, uh, head and shoulders. But the man who runs any program like that is the coach. The coach has to set the tone for what he wants from his fitness and conditioning staff. And the coach also has to set the standard for what uh, degrees of vigour and intensity at training. And uh, they they just haven't trained at an AFL intensity. Some because of the injuries that players and important players have been carrying, Lisa, and others because that's just the way that uh, the program has been, certainly since they uh, won in 2018. So the last three or four years, the summers, the, the training hasn't been anywhere near as intense because the players have been getting older and haven't been able to cope with a really heavy, vigorous fitness program. Okay, and and just on Elliot Yo, I think his his frustrations mm. have boiled over since last season because he, there was a few games there where where he got, you know, sort of carried away with himself a little bit, and um, I've never seen that in, in Elliot Yo before, where he's you know lost the, lost the plot completely, and I think just with his injuries and everything, I, I think he's just getting really really frustrated, mm. and psychologically, I think he's you know, he's um, a bit shot too and frazzled. Good on you, Lise. Good observation. We agree with you. You're certainly a student of the game, and we well, welcome you uh, to join us anytime you like. Thanks, Lise. One thing I'd add to that, though, with, with even if it's not specifically Elliot Yo, from mid-season last year, West Coast have won three games in their last 21. So from at the bye last year, they were a game and a half from the top four. They were a game and a half from third spot mm. at the bye last year and won two of their last nine. They've won one of 12 this year. So they've, it's just unacceptable with where they're at. And the frustration is, is evident. But I think some of the players like an Elliot Yo and many others have contributed to it with their lack of professionalism. West Coast did not return from their summer break in a very healthy state. Some, a lot of them injured, but a lot of them 
not fit enough. Okay. With training. Come and join us. So we're going to talk about a number of issues as well here in the AFL, and we'd love to uh, get you on board. 0487 736 736, the temperate bedshed text line. Or the open line is there for you as well. Scarborough Toyota are sponsoring that, 131255. Mike says, hi, Pete and Haggers. I'm Melbourne on the decline now mm. after the punch-up. We're going to talk about that mm. after mm. the break. Uh, before we go to the break, just, you want to sneak something in? Well, just on the five stuff, um, I reckon Fife will play. He'll, he'll rotate through the midfield, but maybe even off, you know, a half forward flank. So uh, it, with the six six six, you know, but still rotating and still sharing midfield, an extra one back. But Brayshaw averaging thirty possessions and five clearances a game. Brody averaging twenty eight possessions and seven clearances a game. Sarong at twenty six and five, and they're all tackling. They're all getting five and six tackles each. And Monday, Monday averaging twenty three. There's no way knowing Nathan Fife is going to get a prominent presence in the midfield ahead of those guys. On the back of also what we've seen, Peter, I, I don't think Fife is actually really quite ready to be a full time frontline midfielder like these other boys have been for the last three months. And now those those statistics stack up. He'll rotate through, and and he won't get a heck of a lot of time in there because I think they're going to build him. He'll build against Hawthorne, recover, go back. They got the bye, and then continue to build over the next few weeks. He indicated that post game yeah. on Saturday, didn't he? Oh, look, I'm four or five weeks away, probably. Correct. You know. All right, so we're going to take a break. Uh, come back and talk about anything in the AFL. Come and join us. I'm going to have also a bit of a comment about what I saw last night. I thought it was just terrific. The state of Origin. It's coming here on Sunday, June the 26th. It's going to be massive. There's only eight thousand tickets left, by the way. Fifty-two thousand have already been sold. It'll be a capacity for the state of Origin. And after last night's exhibition. In in front of 80,000 at the Sydney Olympic Stadium. You can wonder why people want to come and, and uh, view the spectacle. It was brilliant last night, but we need to clear a break. Uh, this is Drive with Peter Vlahos, Kim Hagdorn. It's AFL Team Selections Night for Toolmart, the complete tool centre. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmart, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yes, the text line certainly going off. Come and uh, join us uh, if you don't want to give us a call on the Scarborough Toyota open line 13 12 55. The temperate bedshed text line is there for you at your convenience. All you need to do is knock in 0487 736 736. We need to touch on Melbourne, even though I was a bit animated last night, suggesting mm-hmm. I'm just sick to death of this running for days and days. The big question for me, and I'll get Hagger's response, tokenism. Steve May has caused that much dra- damage. He's caused himself damaged by drinking when supposedly he's under the concussion protocol. You should never drink when you're going through a concussion process, as well as that you shouldn't be drinking full stop. And secondly... Well, if he's got concussion, he shouldn't be getting punched in the head either. Yeah, and <laughs> all of a sudden, he's he's certainly caused a huge divide at the Melbourne Footy Club. Jordan Lewis, who I respect, of course, mm, a mm. Hawthorne Premiership player, went to Melbourne, knows about the Melbourne culture. A student of the game said this... As soon as you win a premiership, there is an automatic divide within the football club. And that's there whether you like it or not. It's felt, it's rarely spoken about, and on this, oca- this occasion, it, it seems to be that was, Got spoken that was about. part of the, the banter, which being involved in a club and, and being one of those players that was lucky enough to have success, it would have been a line that I would never have said to another teammate. So that's, that's going to be pretty tough for Maisie to get over. There you go. Well, there's a difference in culture there straight away, isn't there? There's the Hawthorne culture of 2-12 when they lost the grand final, 2-13-14-15. And, and we see the outcome of some of those people, Jordan Lewis and Luke Hodge, Jared Ruffhead, 
Sam Mitchell now as a coach, just outstanding football characters. And I think they learned a heck of a lot by being at Hawthorne. Now, Jordan Lewis touched on there being in a club. And I don't reckon he's necessarily just talking about the most elite sport in this country being the AFL. NRL will challenge that. But the, any level of sport, you, would ha- you could have that happening. I mean, I know some guys through some of my own experiences that won't go to premiership winning reunions because they, they missed out. Mm. They, were the, they were the reserve. They were the emergency. I know some guys that won't go to premiership winning reunions because they got a first ball duck in that game. And it's, it's a bad it's memory. It's a stinging, horrible memory. They don't want to be around it. So Jordan Lewis has articulated that absolutely perfectly for mine. There is a divide between those that won it and those that didn't and some that believe they should have, close enough. And in AFL or Aussie rules at all levels, only 20 people or 21, 22, depending on your numbers, your team numbers, actually get recognised as a premiership player. You might have played 20 games. You're injured or you miss out. Think of Derek Kicker. I was just going to say, I was just going to drop his name. Derek Won't go Kicker. near Essendon. Yeah. So Jordan Lewis has just espoused it absolutely emphatically, perfectly, because it does create some problems. And the problem with Stephen May, and again, Pete, I know it's been running, running all week, and I've got some reasons why it's run all week as well, but he's got such a history of poor behaviour. Where is the club handling him? How is the club handling him? Clearly, Jake Melksham tried to as a senior player. Say, mate, he's up. You know, stop saying it to so-and-so, whether he played or not. You know, he's up. Yeah. Hey, 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 enough. Enough. Push, push, push. And then he goes, it's sorted out on the grass outside. Well, they started to sort it out inside because there's broken furniture and, and a broken uh, foyer. What a joke. But the problem is that when they did fess up on Monday somewhere and then the club seemed to decide how to handle it, so c- consultation, counsel with the respective uh, culprits, and then Stephen May makes just the aren't they insipid, pathetic, weak need sort of forced apologies that the AFL insist on. They insist on all of these issues. Oh, I'm going to earn back the respect of my teammates. Oh, I'm deeply remorseful. I'm so sorry. I mean, they're just they're just they're just choreographed. It's garbage. And then I reckon people started to say, "Hang on, there's more in this, Melbourne. You're not getting away with this." But I blame the players for not telling the truth initially, mm. not telling the whole truth because, as you say, it spilled outside. That didn't come out for two days. Because people, eyewitnesses and the restaurant were saying to those that wanted to report it, no, this that's not what happened. Melbourne have handled it too poorly. Okay, so all of a but sudden... where's the AFL in this? Why doesn't the AFL integrity investigate this? Stephen May has such a history of bad behaviour on the drink that someone should be stepping in if the Melbourne club's not going to. In 2007, the AFL didn't wait to jump on West Coast. Now, I know that had been building for a long time, but in... April of 2007, the entire West Coast Eagles senior management were hauled before the AFL commission and threatened with sanctions that were almost as far as kicking them out of the competition. Mm. The AFL can't say that we're leaving this to Melbourne. Where's their integrity department to investigate it and impose a bigger suspension than one week? Uh, that's what I'm saying. So I'd like to get everyone's thoughts on that. One week, uh, Michael Hibbard, by the way, who didn't play in that grand final, is listed on the interchange bench for the Queen's uh, birthday match right. on Monday. I'd be really interested. For me, Melbourne, Collingwood, it's always a very uh, important game, the Queen's birthday, oh, because, because of the, you know all the funds that go to MND and, of course, uh, Neil Danaher will be there. and it's, it's a great game, but it's got a bit more spice to see how this has impacted on the Demons because uh, has it caused scars? You know, uh, all of a sudden you have the skipper saying this. It's certainly disappointing um, that there was a group of six or seven there. 
and um, Stephen was 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 drinking with them, and I've spoken to all parties involved, and and especially the five guys outside of um, Steve and Jake, and and um, we expect Steve to be able to make the decisions himself with the age he's in and the experience that he's had. Yeah, so there you go. Well, how can they expect that? He hasn't done that in the past. No, the bloke turned up at Melbourne at the end of 2018 when there was all that hullabaloo, the trade for Jesse Hogan to, to Fremantle, traded the pick so that Gold Coast could then give it to Melbourne to get uh, Stephen May. And the bloke turned up fat and drinking when he wasn't supposed to be drinking when he was injured. So he's got a history of it, and they've put up with it. Put up with it because he's a damn good player. Yeah. He's so important to them. You know, I reckon there's only one position in football, in Aussie rules, where you can get away with being what? just a selfish person. Playing for yourself. Absolutely, categorically, you don't need anyone else. You don't need to receive the ball. If you're the centre-half back or absolute key defender to play on the most important key forward, lock him down, Stephen. We can win this game. Take your intercept catches. We can win this game. Just you get it and feed it off. Everyone hates you, but you're playing because you're the best in the competition. If you picked an All-Australian team this week, Stephen May's the centre-half back, I reckon. Now, we're just talking about what the AFL hasn't uh, done an investigation. It's just come through, and thanks... uh, Thanks, Goss. He's just sent it through because it's just come uh, to our attention. AFL statement reads in part, no matter what the situation or circumstances, violence is never the answer. As professional footballers, as people, we expect better. And while the club has taken the matter extremely seriously, the AFL is currently conducting its own investigation. So that just came through in the last hour. Thanks, Goss, for pushing that through. No, thanks, Tim. That's, That's... Exceptional. That's, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. However, why is it taken till till what's the time now? Half past seven in Melbourne. So let's say, let's give him a bit of credit. It was released about six o'clock or so Melbourne mm. time. Mm. Why is it taken five days for that to happen? The AFL, the AFL has wiped their hands of too many of these issues. They leave it to the clubs. And had there been stronger action taken initially by the AFL to say, well, we stand him down until we complete our investigation, something along those lines. But they don't do it. They do it with a certain few, but they don't do it with some others. Okay. We're going to take a break. Just quickly, you know, the Monday game. Yeah. Sort of t- Collingwood have won 13 of the 20 times that they've played on these Queen's birthday Mondays. Mm. Collingwood have had the wood over Melbourne. Yeah. Would it continue? I, I, reckon, like, I reckon we're for a good game. Well, I, I, that partially... It'll either go one way or the other, I reckon, for the Demons. Well, Mike, Mike's query of a while ago, is this, is this the decline Yeah, very Melbourne? clever. Um I suppose we're going to start to see, aren't we, how they yeah. come back from this? Because I'm with um, some of the experts that have sort of said you'd struggle to trust Stephen May again. Mm. Uh, by the way, tomorrow, and speaking of Goss, of course, he's with uh, Gilly tomorrow morning. Gilly and Goss between six and eight, and Gilly's doing a one-on-one with Nat Fife tomorrow morning, which uh, will be well worth listening wow. as well. Fife's been quite amenable, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. And again, I think Fremantle and Fife are to be commended for that. As you say, they left him on the ground because they want appeal to win. It was a tight game. Nathan still can't kick a goal, can he? <laughs> what about that shank <laughs> right at the but, end? But all of that. And then his willingness to – I, I reckon he did several media presences yeah. post-match and also the on-ground stuff. He did the one on the couch, didn't he? 
yeah, uh, on Monday. Which was a good interview, and actually. Now again with Adam Gilchrist. What time's that on? Do you know? Uh, Gosh, just text it through for those people that want to listen tomorrow. Okay, it's 5.30 and we're going to take a break. For Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre, this is Drive with Peter Vlahos with Kim Hagdon here on a Thursday night. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmart, your Complete Tool Centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Tomorrow, Gillian Goss, it happens from 6 tomorrow morning. Adam Gilchrist goes one-on-one with Nat 5, 7 o'clock tomorrow morning. 7 o'clock tomorrow morning, so looking forward to that. You can join us on the Timber Bedshed text line Hags 0487 736 736 or the Scarborough Toyota open line 13 12 55. Here's one that's come through. Hi Pete and Hags. I think we need to touch on Fremantle's minimal injuries this year compared to previous years. Does Frio have a recent change in their fitness and strength coaches? Because a couple of years ago, yeah. they were having some serious issues well, pre-season. Well, Jason Webber was right under the pump, because he, and he lasted too long. Jason Webber was the previous fitness and conditioning coach, and he had a rugby background, and uh, he acted under a program run or set by Ross Lyon that wanted them strong in the thighs, you know, to hold their balance. Lyme was more about just strength around the contest mm. as opposed to pace and surge. And Fremantle, so they made the change. Jason Weber had to go because there was the, the just the week after week, there was uh, soft tissue injuries, weren't they? But the biggest problem with Fremantle, I reckon through 218, 219, Lions' last couple of seasons. The ground? Were, well, it was, it, was, it was a contributing factor. But it was more that they were having heavy injury problems over the summer. So players, you know, you, you'd go to watch training at, at Coburn in t- in the summer of 2018, 19, 2019, 20, and or 2018, 17, 18, 18, 19 Lions last two summers. You'd go and there'd be 15 or 18 blokes doing light running and jogging on the outer side of the mm. ground, and, and and only 15 or 18 training, and some inside. They just had too many soft tissue injuries and repetition of injuries, and the training program was more around a rugby foundation than AFL, and certainly not a fast-moving AFL. But Lyon didn't need to move the game fast. His whole game plan was stop, start, hold the ball, wait, move it forward, and then congestion. So you needed a rugby-style body. So Jason Weber conformed to that, but then contributed two two bad summers in a row, and the injuries mounted up and come. Pre- and they couldn't run games out. They couldn't run seasons out. And again, if you hark back to Fremantle's last four seasons under Ross Lyon, the the the, the few games they were winning after their bye every year, two out of eleven, and three and four games in the second half of the season as total. So the players couldn't run seasons out either because they had injury problems and they couldn't have the foundation because they didn't train all summer. So the change was made and Phil Merriman was called in. Now, this is his... He's had two full summers now, this right. new guy, and it's a lot more about fast, explosive running. Which we've seen. Quality of running as opposed to quantity, but they do lots of running at shorter distances rather than longer distances, and you're seeing the result now. The other thing, too, is that it was it was player-driven. The summer just gone... Caleb Sarong was a big motivator in saying to the boys all the time, let's get there early, let's do some more. He was a real motivator. Not just Andrew Brayshaw, not just Sean Darcy, but Caleb Sarong, and they are fit and healthy. My understanding also, Peter, in a final uh, equation and comparison to the two teams in our town, pick a figure. Let's say Fremantle trained all up for about 30 hours on a week over the summer. West Coast was about 20 mm-hmm. at far less intensity. And that is from science, sports scientists that have sort of compared the two as to why West Coast are now having the repeat injuries, their players can't sustain their efforts in games, let alone run games out, and they can't recover 
in time to play without injury next week. And that's going to be a drawback for West Coast trying to win games for the rest of the season as well. Okay, let's have a look at a couple of the other issues regarding coaches. And we mentioned the second half of the season is going to be telling for certain individuals. Now, I've always thought where there's smoke, uh, there is a bit of fire burning beneath the surface. Now, Ken Hinckley was questioned whether... He is possibly being entertained to take over from Leon Cameron in a full-time capacity <laughs> next season. Let's have a listen to Ken. And where has this come from all of a sudden? Yeah, I dismiss it. I don't, I don't take any notice of it because I'm, I'm committed to Port Adelaide and I've got a job to do at Port Adelaide. And those things are pretty simple. But this happens all the time. Speculation just comes from nowhere. And some, a lot of it, unfounded speculation. I just don't know where... We should be able to have... I should be able to have a reverse press conference sometimes and question some of the people who put some of those things up. So anybody that's got any credibility just throws something like that at I could say that... No, 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 no. Nothing, so so that's what I'm saying. You've always said... Nothing, so, nothing starts from nothing. Exactly. So there has been, whether it's his manager is inquired yep. or whatever. Absolutely. And do you believe if David Matthews... Or Ben Armafio, so David Matthews yeah. with GWS, or Ben Armafio with North Melbourne. Do you actually believe when they say things publicly? Oh, we've we haven't made any moves yet on any coach. We haven't even discussed mm. it. Do you believe that? Do you? No, because no, I don't. that's either a, that's either not true, well, or they're not doing their job. But you're saying people inside the AFL system, from the hierarchy to the coaches, the players, a lot of them do tell a lot of white lies. Little white lies, <laughs> massive, massive, massive point blank lies, and they expect you to believe it. Yeah. But with the Ken Hinckley one, he'd be loving that. Absolutely loving that. Because, All of a sudden, he's Port, started, Adelaide, he's Port Adelaide asking price goes up? N- not necessarily. He's made it look as though I'm totally... But committed. how does it impact on the players? They're going around tonight against Richmond. They know full well what the AFL industry is like and what happens behind four walls. And what happens at the shop front window and in the warehouse out the back are 180 degrees opposite. Mm-hmm. Ken Hinckley would have loved that. And Ken Hinckley's manager could easily have put someone up to that. Got a tip for you. Yeah. Ask, ask him about uh, GWS. Oh, why is that? Well, because I've had a meeting with him. Mm. I, I'm, that's how it works. Okay. The other thing I want to have a chat with you, it's an indictment really on the AFL, isn't and it? Just on Hinckley. James Heard, we've said, will coach GWS. Now, will, will coach. I, I'm remaining I saw him in the box, of course, last week with Mark yeah, McVeigh. Where's mate. the rest of the coaches? They've all been shuffled <laughs> out. And De- Dean Solomon's been called in. James Heard, I think, will coach next year. Mark McVeigh could have a good finish to the season. Nathan Buckley, I'm hearing, is very open to approaches to, to coach again, very keen to coach again. And can I continue to say, don't discount Don Pike mm-hmm. at Sydney. Look how Sydney's midfield goes. So don't dismiss the fact that the next few months, the second half of the season, will be so tellingly Shock important full of full for of Adam Simpson Especially if and Port lose tonight. I think if Port lose tonight, it becomes – I've written it here, Peter. I think tonight's game for these two sides, Richmond and Port Adelaide, it's an early qualifying final. It's only June. It's round 13. Because I think the course back, especially if it's Port to lose into the top eight, is becoming very shaky. So – It'll grow even stronger if Port lose tonight and then face the next few weeks where they're going to struggle for wins and enough wins to stay in touch. It's Sydney, it's Gold Coast, it's Fremantle, it's G2S, Melbourne, it's Geelong. Port are in big trouble and so is Ken Hinckley 
if they lose tonight. And I was saying uh, before you came back there, it's a bit of an indictment when the coach comes out and pleads to supporters and members, please come down to the game uh, on the weekend <laughs> against GWS. You know, we don't want to be a situation where it's just friends and relations. I don't think I've ever seen that before. They're expecting maybe even under oh, 10,000. Oh, in 1981 when they were broke yeah. and about to Subiaco. get kicked out of the competition. We're talking <laughs> AFL here. And it's interesting with matches against the Eagles and even Melbourne uh, against North Melbourne, and they drew less than 15,000. This could be a bad look for the AFL on the weekend if people don't turn out to see the Kangaroos take on the Giants. So, um, do you give North Melbourne any hope of being at home against nah, GWS? No, nah. not at all. North Melbourne, can, I mean, they, they are, they're bumbling they, along. They are delusional. But they are doing the best of their ability. At least a lot of the players are giving some effort, but they just haven't got any players. Peter, They've got they, no class. Well, they're badly coached. Really badly coached and badly run. The chief executive the football manager and the coach, that's on their head. Look, North had 81 inside 50s against them last week, 81 against Gold Coast. Mm. You know how many tackles? You know how many tackles North Melbourne made in their forward 50 in the entire game? One. One? You can't tell me that that's a team having a go. So some of the comments this week from Melbourne – just as well they are on radio because they appear in print because there's some print reporters around the country just clambering for whatever gets said on radio to then fill their pages the next day and their websites that day. Some of the comments are just delusional that North Melbourne is having a go because they are not. It is a disjointed place. There's players screaming to their managers, get me out of here, even established older players. Same to at Essendon. Essendon could get opened up tomorrow night. Okay. Absolutely belted tomorrow night. We're taking a break. Come back with more in a moment. Plus, we'll get Hags's final thoughts and his tips on uh, this round of AFL action that involves Fremantle, of course, taking on Hawthorne. 2.10 is the start time here at Optus Stadium. It's coming up 16 to 6. We're here for Toolmart, the complete tool centre. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmart, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Great to have your company. It is uh, on the final stretch on this Thursday. Of course, uh, I'll be back tomorrow between 8 and 10 on the Tab Touch Lounge for those people listening on the network, on all stations listening in. Haggers, of course, is with us on Monday and also Thursday between 5 and 6 looking at AFL. Haggers, the other issue, just before we get your selections, is regarding Tasmania. The boss has come out, McLaughlin. Gillinus says, we'll need a new stadium if they are to be considered for a 19th standalone team in the future. Uh, He met with the Tasmanian Premier Jeremy Rockcliffe in Hobart today and suggested it was expected a new club would have a stadium that would compete with the modern facilities, which means they want a fresh one. but But saying that, he's also said and he's dismissed, that the AFL is only considering issuing a new licence and not relocating I, anybody uh, down And there. I think everyone's agreement, in, yeah. in agreement on that now because even the Tasmanian government said, uh, I've got him in my notes here, Peter, yeah. I reckon it was three weeks ago. It was uh, May the 25th when the, the Tasmanian government and their task force just said, we're not going to cop a relocated team. Yeah. So that, that that knocked that. So we get a, a standalone team out of, out of Tassie. I, does that mean with what Gillan McLaughlin has said today, that the stadium has to be there in the future or do you have to have the stadium into the future before we let Tassie come in? Now, he's talking 24, 25. Even 26, he reckons. Yeah, okay. But clearly they don't have to have the stadium before that. 
Mm. And I, that's not quite clear in what Gillen has said today. If they let Tasmania in somewhere soon, let, let, let's free, let's pick a figure, 2024. So they announced it in August this year. All the clubs, oh, my understanding is, and I'm not ringing around all the clubs, but just the one or two people I trust that are in that position to have some feeling. The clubs have to vote on this. And once it's a majority, Tasmania will come in. Mm. And that's the way it's leaning. It's then up to the commission and everybody to decide when do they come in. Now, if it's 2.24, they're not going to have a new stadium or even extended Blundstone, so Hobart Oval, into a 30 or 40,000-seat stadium with all the corporate requirements. They'd have some corporates. That's one of the biggest things that all these clubs need. GWS and Metricon, so Giant Stadium and Metricon Stadium, they haven't got a lot of corporate capacity. No, they don't. And but the they're rec- going to have to for their future. And the record attendance at Blundstone is, for an AFL game, 17,554 North Melbourne against Richmond on May the 9th, 2015. What North Melbourne would give for 17,000 Well, can this I also weekend? suggest there uh, that Blundstone has only had North Melbourne. Yeah. I mean, another team playing all the time, so they're hardly an but attraction. It's not a, it's not a ba- I've been down there. It's not a bad arena, actually, and I reckon they could develop that. They, they could... Actually develop it yeah, rather than bank, build the outer, the outer side bank. If yeah. you fill all that in with seats and corporate boxes and corporate facilities and media facilities, I reckon it could work. One of the things I reckon that the AFL might be looking at, though, they mentioned a figure of seven hundred fifty thousand. You're not going to build a new stadium no. anywhere for, of thirty or forty thousand seats and all the corporate facilities and requirements for 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 three quarters of a billion dollars. I mean, this one that we're in was two billion, just under two billion. You're not going to do that. But um, one of the I, I, I don't see how they can delay Tassie coming in by saying, oh, now you need a stadium just two months before the vote. Mm. It's got to be come in. Oh, and somewhere soon we need to see Blundstone uh, expanded or a standalone stadium for that Tasmanian team. Uh- so we'll see what happens regarding that. Haggers, uh, just saw another on the SMS here. Has there been any news on potentially getting Angus Brayshaw <laughs> to Frio next year? I keep saying, and I went through a list of things today for West Coast, West Coast hit list. I'm drawing up West Coast hit list and Luke Jackson, Cameron Zerha, Daniel McStay, Sydney Stack, Alec Waterman. Go and get Alec Waterman and play him in your, in your 22. He's not getting a regular game with Essen and I think he's capable of playing. He'd be better than one or two of the options that West Coast have got for coming weeks. And I didn't put Angus Brayshaw onto that list because that's West Coast hit list. That's the start of the West Coast hit list. They'll have 20, 25 players that the recruiting staff will be talking to managers and parents of to say, well, any chance to get these boys in? Angus Brayshaw, if he's going anywhere, it's Fremantle, clearly. And I'm continued continue to be convinced, Peter, that the longer it's going. And now look at the turmoil. Look, look at the troubles behind the scenes at Melbourne. Andrew Brayshaw becomes very a very strong candidate, I reckon, to play with Fremantle next year. He's, he's out of contract. He's a free agent. They could well get him for next year. Yeah, it'd be a great also marketing tool, Angus and, of course, Andrew together, which would be fantastic. Well, now, next year will be Andrew's way. first year as captain. Too. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, saying that, before we get your selections, I know you run a bit of a Kim Hagdorn Brownlow market. There's been some suggesting that Andrew Brayshaw is right up there with what he's displayed. Of course, BOG in their previous game against Brisbane on the weekend, what was a 39 possessions. Where do you have Andrew Brayshaw in your voting? 
Got him with 17 votes, Peter. He's sitting behind, as I see it, Lachlan Neal at 20 votes. Wouldn't have got a vote against Randall. Nah, Rock. he struggled no. last week. Not yeah. struggled, but it wasn't well, his normal dominant. He was in their best dominant. players. He wasn't his normal and, dominant Yeah, I self. thought the significant thing was that Fremantle didn't bother to go to tag mm. uh, Lockie Neal. We thought uh, that uh, James Aish might. They didn't because I think they went not, not literally one-on-one, not Brayshaw head-to-head head with Lachlan Neal, but the group of them head-to-head with Neal and Lyons and Zorko. Zorko played mainly back, but or mainly forward. Um, I, I, I thought Neal was in their best players, but he wasn't one of the best few no. on the ground. Fremantle had five or six candidates he, for the best three on the ground. He didn't hurt you last week. No. Well, I thought Bailey, Zach Bailey, perhaps. Oh, I would have given him one goals. vote. I would have given, yeah, four. I would have given well. him one oh, vote. Four goals. I've, right got Bailey Banfield. I've got Brayshaw at 17 behind Neal at 20. And I've still also got uh, um, uh, Clayton Oliver at 20. But he wouldn't have polled in the last two games because they've lost their last two, Melbourne. Mm. And I had him at tw- I had him 20 votes after round 10. Lachlan Neal, 20 votes after round 11. I've got Brayshaw at 17. But I've got a question mark. Brayshaw could could also have gotten a vote in the, in the derby in round three. He was a borderline candidate that game and I didn't give him one. So he, he might have... Even 20, Peter. Yeah. All right, uh, Kim, thanks for joining us. Uh, what are your selections for this week? I think Richmond tonight, uh, haven't looked at the screen, don't know where it's at. I think the game started. I think Carlton tomorrow night. I think Essen are a bit of a mess behind the scenes. Fremantle comfortably, even in the wet over Hawthorne. Brisbane and St Kilda, gee, it's a question mark, but I think Brisbane, they've won 31 of their last 32 home and away games, Peter. GWS will beat North Melbourne on Sunday in, a, in an embarrassment to the AFL because there'll be no one at that game and North are delusional in, in thinking they're still okay and Melbourne on, on Monday. But I'm not sure. I think Collingwood, that's the upset for the weekend, maybe. Have a good weekend, Hex. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Justin. I'll catch you tomorrow morning from 8, straight after Gillian Goss.